good to see each of you. I'm glad that you have survived spring break. Oh, maybe you haven't. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm glad to see each of you. I hope you had a great week. And uh, man, the weather was wonderful this week. And uh, it was, it's a great time. The last couple of weeks, on Sundays and then on Wednesdays, we have been talking and looking out looking at reaching people for Jesus Christ and making that more of a uh, kind of reminding ourselves of the importance of sharing the gospel with people. We have shared with you that close to, and this is just staggering, that 89% of our state is lost and doesn't know Jesus Christ. 89%. That means every day you I, we are coming in contact when we go to the grocery store, when we go to the bank, when we go to the school, wherever. We are coming in contact with people who do not know Jesus Christ. And we just need to become burdened about that. Now, one of the phrases or terms that we use is a soul winner. Now, I know for some, they said, oh, that's those real religious people. That's the, 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 that's the pastors, you know, to, to be a soul winner. But this, this morning, I want us to go back and look in God's Word, and yes, to some very familiar passages, but to look and see what God has told us to do. We are, as, we, as a child of God, have a responsibility of sharing the gospel. That's why we have been sharing on Wednesday night, or Brother Preston's been sharing on Wednesday night, of the importance of doing a conversation, having a conversation, I should say, having a conversation about Jesus Christ, about the gospel, what God's plan is for our lives, how we become broken or how sin enters it, and then how the gospel is there to show us the way back to him. And so this morning, I want you to take your Bibles and first of all, turn to Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Now, I know you're going to say, oh, I know this one. I don't need my Bible. I want you to turn in your Bible. If you have it or your phone, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Because it is so familiar, we, we kind of do that Baptist read, you know, and then, and then, and then, you know, and we're done. And, uh, but I want us to read those words together. Look at, well, I'm going to read, but you look. Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I commanded you, and remember I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, put your finger there because we're going to come back to it. And I want you to turn over to the book of Mark, chapter 16. Brother Preston got excited when I read this this morning. Mark 16, beginning with verse 14. Okay, Mark's gospel, chapter 16, beginning with verse 14. Later, he appeared to the leaven themselves as they were reclining at the table. He rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, 
Because they did not believe those who saw him after he had been resurrected. Then he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. Sorry, they will speak in new languages. They will pick up snakes. If they should drink anything deadly, it will, it will never harm them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will get well. Then after speaking to them, the Lord Jesus was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word according to the sign. Now, both of those passages you have read before, you've heard them. Right now, what's going on in your mind is that snake thing. And as we look at this passage of Scripture this morning, we know that as a believer in Jesus Christ, just like the disciples were, we have been commanded to go out and share the gospel. In other words, evangelize the world. Now, a lot of times, again, that word evangelize, soul winner, sometimes those are words that make us sweat. Those are words that we get nervous. But you see, the command that we find in the book of Matthew and the, and the book of Mark, these commands, these instructions to evangelize the world, these instructions have never, never been withdrawn. Now you say, well, the disciples are not here anymore. But that's why, as believers in Jesus Christ, we have a responsibility to go out and share the good news. Now, here's the phrase that I want us to go back and look at. Look at Matthew, go back to Matthew 28 and go to verse 18. We just read this a moment ago. And it says, then Jesus came near and he said to them. Now remember what Jesus said to them. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Guys, do we realize what that is saying to us? It is saying that as we go out into this world, God, Jesus Christ, will give us the power that we need. You see, in our world today, there's been a lot of powerless attempts to reach people for Jesus Christ, but we need to see that as we reach out into this world that is lost, he is saying, by my promise, by my power, I will give you what you need. You know how some mornings we wake up and we're not as energetic as other mornings. In other words, we haven't had our coffee we haven't, you know, and we're just kind of, we're up, we're up, but that's about it. We haven't received the energy yet. I want us to see this morning, without a shadow of doubt, God is saying to us, I will supply you with the power to reach those people. When those disciples went out, think of what they encountered. They encountered demons. They encountered unbelief. They encountered deep, trenched traditions that, that were there, and God gave them to, the power to overcome that. 
I want us to see this morning, I believe maybe the effort is there, but we have forgot about a key component, and that is the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. How God can give us the power. You know, when the disciples there in Acts chapter 1, and, and we find when the Lord came and the Holy Spirit came upon them, we need to go into this world and, and we need to go with the power of Christ or with Christ's power. And as we go, we need to go to, excuse me, to evangelize this world. Now, here's a thought. I know a lot of times we think, well, preacher, this is nothing new and, and we've heard this. But I think a lot of times unbelief comes in and said, there's no way we can evangelize this world. We, just, we have accepted or have believed that there's no way that we can evangelize this world. Guys, I want us to see that to me, that is Satan himself convincing us not to try. Guys, I want us to be reminded of what God can do. What did we sing about? We sang about how God can move the mountains. Remember that? Is that just a, a nice phrase to put in a song? The Bible tells us that he can do that. And that's not all that he can do. As I shared in the first service, and I look around in this building, there are personal testimonies that each one of you could give of what God can do. Because of what has taken place in your life, the change that has taken place in your life, wasn't because of you. It was all because of God. His power. There are people today still talk about certain people. Man, I can't believe that person's doing this for the Lord today. I can't believe this. Why do we have a hard time with that? All things are possible. God can do great things. And God does want to do great things. But we are not tapping into the power. I know you say, well, preacher, we're Christians. Of course we, we are. Are we? Or do we have this thing down pat? We've got it on cruise. When's the last time we've gotten on our knees and begged for the power of our Lord Jesus Christ? Say, Lord, burden me, power me with the instrument to, to reach the people in our community. If 89% of our state is lost, how many of you think are lost in our community? Don't go on and believe that everybody in Henry County is saved. The lostness is all around us. I, I, I want us to see that, that we need to go out in the power of Christ. And even as the disciples preached there in Acts 1.8, it says, You shall receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and the ends of the earth. Some 33 years after Jesus Christ left, the disciples and those that they converted in almost 33 and a half years after Jesus Christ had died, the world as they knew it had been evangelized. Now, guys, we have missionaries in foreign countries. We have missionaries here 
in the United States. We have churches all over. But there's still growing a need. We need to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, don't we? We need to allow that to take place in our life. Because you see, the power of the Holy Spirit can happen. Or a change or a transformation in one's life can happen in anybody's life. You see, Peter and John in their ministry were confronted with human need. They came across a man who had been, been lame since his birth. And when they looked at him, they saw a helplessness. They, they, they saw uh, a, a need. And they looked at this beggar at the gate called Beautiful. And, and as they looked at him, we, we find that Peter, I believe, said, Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. I give it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise and walk. That came from the power of the Holy Spirit, didn't it? That just wasn't a nice phrase. Peter drew upon the power of God. Guys, I want us to see today in our world is that it is changing so rapidly. We must, as children of God, rely upon the power that comes from Jesus alone. And through that power, any person can be reached. Another thing, we can find that, well, we sometimes say, well... Those people over there, that, that place over there, there, there's just no way God could work. In Acts 12, it is a, we find a description where Peter is in prison. King Herod, well, he has started putting pressure on the church. He had killed James. He proceeded to try to take Peter's life as well. But look what happened. It says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but, listen to this church, constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And you know what verse 7 says? And his chains, chains fell off his hands. Because the church went to prayer meeting, and it wasn't just the 15 minutes or the 20 minutes it was on your knees praying for the power of God to fall upon Peter. You see, when we start having that burden and say, Lord, things are only going to change if I allow you to work through me as a conduit and let the power of God flow through me. Not that I'm great. Not that I'm anything at all. But I want to be a vessel, Lord. I want to be a vessel so that you could work through me. You see, God can work in any place. God can work through any person. And then, it don't matter what period it is. It doesn't matter if it's midnight, if it's daytime. But one of my stories that I love to read is about Paul and Silas. And they were in prison. And not only just in prison, they were down in the inner part of prison. Their feet were chained. They were chained. But what were they doing? 
They were praying and singing hymns to God, and that night a great earthquake took place. And not only were their bonds shaken, but everybody that was in chains were set free. Guys, no matter who it is, where it is, or what it was, the power of the risen Lord is adequate. Amen? Amen. And we need to realize that. You say, well, we know that. But why aren't we connecting to the power of God? Guys, we are very limited, aren't we? There's not much we can do but through the power of God. And that's what our world needs today. As young people in Parkland are looking for answers, as people across the state and others, we truly need the power of God through Jesus Christ to flow through us. People are looking. People are searching. People don't need religion. They need the power of God. And that's what they're looking for. But you know, even in these great passages of Scripture, as he told them to go out and and to move and, and to share the gospel, and they did, And they started churches. I think (laughs) they started churches. Well, that became a hang-up in a lot of places, didn't it? This church, well, we need to do this. I wonder back then, even though the churches were new back then, if someone said, well, that's the way we've always done it. (laughs) I wonder if they even started that back then. Paul wrote letters to some of the churches and said, look, what you're doing is not biblical. So some would, you know, some would say, well, let's not do the church thing. You know, the churches was important. And some of those church, churches were following Christ and they were giving so that others could go to other churches. The churches were doing their things. But even in all of that, some discipline had to take place. Now, I know discipline is not something we enjoy, but, but in the line of, 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 of our Christian life, we find, and I'm just going to give you three short ones real quick. There were those that when it came to the relationship with Christ, it became very insincere. In other words, well, you know, I'm doing my best. God will understand. Or let me just put it plainly. They decided to lie to God. You know, some of us will say, man, I was taught better. I was taught, I learned very early on not to lie to mom and dad. Even though you tried sometimes. But what about lying to God? Is that something people think they can get away with today? Many people do. Well, you know, I haven't seen lightning fall from the sky lately. What happened? There were some people in Acts chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, named Ananias and Sapphira. And they agreed, and they lied to the church and lied to Jesus. And they took some money, and they didn't tell the truth. And this is what was said in verse 5. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? 
you have not lied to men, but to God. And judgment followed, and it cost them their lives. Guys, in our life, in our churches today, discipline is something that we don't enjoy to do, but the sin of being insincere. In other words, thinking, well, I can do what I want. It, it, it's, it's just that white lie. It, it, it's okay. There's a great price to pay. There's another sin that we have to be careful today, is that's the sin of immorality. You know, there was, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, you find the story of a Christian who had been involved in a scandalous disorder. And it was even to the point that the Corinthian believers were puffed up with pride and they'd even say, well, it's not that bad. And Paul wrote them a letter. Wrote them a letter. And this is what he said, for indeed... It, This is what Paul said, For I indeed, as absent in the body, but present in the spirit, have already judged as though I was present. Him who has done this deed, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you have gathered together along with my spirit and with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then quickly, another sin, the sin of infidelity. You see, there were three men named in 1 Timothy. And I don't know why, but they give them crazy names that I can't pronounce. But but they didn't ask me. But these men basically had a shipwreck of faith. And a lot of people just wanted to pass it over. But you know, there are some things we must stand on. Now, I'm not just trying to pull out those three things. What I'm trying to show us, that if we're looking for the power of God, and for God through Jesus Christ to work through us, He's not going to work through us if we're not worthy. Now, worthy by this world and worthy by others is some different things. We've got to be willing to put our life on the line to clear the things out. I notice some of you, because it's spring, have been clearing things out at the house. Some of you have been waiting to clear out things. Some of us, when our spouse starts clearing out things, go, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Sometimes that's the same way in our life, isn't it? We don't want certain things thrown away. We want to hold on to some of those things. We, we, we need to, to, to realize today the importance of allowing God to work in our life. And to have that, we've got to put ourselves in that position, in that place, so that the power of God can work. Is God going to bring His power to a dirty vessel? You see, we've got to strive. Now, I'm not, please understand. I am not saying that if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, whatever your condition is, even if it's the dirtiest, you ask him to come into your life, he'll come. Okay? 
But I'm saying once you are saved and we want to experience that power, we've got to, to bring ourselves in line with him. We can't come in there with all this baggage because people are going to see that. Man, you go out and steal, but now you're saying this. They'll see the inconsistencies. Guys, what, we, what our world needs today is the power of Jesus Christ. And he wants to work through us to give us a divine power. He wants to give us that divine power and, and, and a power that, that can work. But we must be disciplined. We must be willing to do what we need to do in our lives to bring us where we need to be. You see, there is a, I hate to use this word, program, but there is a job to do. And that is to evangelize people for Jesus Christ. Amen? And we should never, never, never forget that. We also need to enlist people for Jesus Christ. Yeah, we need to evangelize, but we also need to enlist. And we need to edify people for Christ. As we preach, let's see that we need the power of God. And we need to go into this world with Christ's presence. Our world needs to see Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, today we pray, Lord, that you would show us. And Lord, we would want to receive your power in a fresh new way. And Lord, that that would be a burning desire and Lord, that we would prepare ourselves and have that yearning and of receiving that power and being ready. I pray, Lord, that we would say, you know, it's one thing to talk, but it's one thing to allow the power of God to work through us. Lord, be with us today. And Lord... May we see the importance of winning souls for you. We ask this, Lord, in your son's name. Amen.